Welcome back to Don't Caught a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Daniel. Another another fantastic episode coming out today. Here we go. About to record it. Uh, we have read, let's see, what is it? Up to chapter 34? Yes, we have not read chapter okay, we've 34. Read... We've read up to chapter 34. Crazy stuff's happening right now Cra- in the world of the crazy society. Crazy stuff is happening. But before we get there, I have a problem. I have a problem with this book and I think sci-fi in general. Okay. And I just noticed it a lot in this book. Luke, why does everybody trust like video recordings in this world and in sci-fi in general? Ooh. Like, are you telling me? the most advanced video faking software that exists in this universe and in sci-fi universes in general is like jib jab where you're just like moving their mouth up and down, but you can tell it's clearly (laughs) fake. Cause that's crazy, right? Right. Right. So, so you're arguing that the, the deep fakes that we're expecting to be a problem in our world should be like, should be very prevalent in any sci-fi book that we're reading. Right. Like I can get I can make a deep fake of Barack Obama saying the like crazy Martin Sheen interview that he did. And it looks legit. Like it looks pretty good. And you're telling me that in all these sci fi universes that they have like way more advanced technology, they're stuck. They're stuck at jib jab level where it's like, I can trust this because it's a video. (laughs) That's a very good point that I hadn't thought of. Um, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe just like honor has gotten really big, you know? What honor made a comeback? <laughs> you're telling me, you're telling me R two D two pops out this like help me Obi Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope, and Obi Wan's like, oh, this is totally legit. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Definitely not a trick from the Empire to get me to follow this stranger. Ooh. This is gonna be. There's a lot of these. This they're, is too big. They're all over this the is place. Too big of a. <laughs> wow, I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's insane. Like you're telling me we could fake the moon landing in our universe, but they can't fake video in other like science fiction worlds. <laughs> That's the line. I can't tell. I I can't tell if you're coming out as a moon landing truther or. If that was just an example, but yes, I think that's a very valid point. The there's like so in this book, we're not jumping into the book yet, but to to bring it to bring it around, there's a there's a part where the jackal asks for our boy Darrow's like cam feed because he just did something awesome, and he wants to put it out there as a little propaganda. Mm-hmm. If I'm if I'm someone in the universe seeing that i'm like that's just an action movie that you made right like they don't have stunt doubles in this world they've got you know what it is luke well in in let's say in red rising in particular it's just the opera's the highest that they went you know they got to opera and they were like yeah this is the pinnacle what are you a movie well no where are the people i want to be able to spit on them if they do poorly <laughs> Right. Yeah. That's got to be it. I mean, who would, yeah. I don't know. I have no notes on, on your critique here. 
<laughs> like, stop trusting video, guys. <laughs> I don't even trust video. You guys video. already don't trust technology in general. Stop trusting video also. It's like, it can't be that great. Yeah. Let's get some carrier pigeons. Let's get back to our roots, Luke. You get a note from a carrier pigeon, you know it's legit. You do. You do. And you know and you know the details of the news based on the color of the pigeon. That's a random call. Okay, let's <laughs> let's go. Let's get back into the book. Golden Sun, like I mentioned, up to chapter 34, not past it. Um you want to start us off, Dan? Yeah, Luke. First chapter we read, we had a we had a bit of a, a question last episode, what was in the box? Okay. Turns out it wasn't a boppet, unfortunately, for everybody involved, I think. Um and it was these weird lie detector stabby boys that came out. Mm-hmm. And Octavia's like, it's time to play my fun truth or stab game, Darrow. Right. And Darrow's like, all right, now I'm in it. Here we go. Um, This is a terrible game for a lot of reasons. And it's terrible for everybody involved. And I've got a few notes on how to improve it. Ooh, okay. Okay, so the first reason, let's talk about why it's terrible. First, if you don't win, you're like dead, essentially. So you've got no... There's no drawbacks to telling the truth because the other person who's hearing you will be dead when they lose, right? So, like, if I'm Darrow, I'm there's no risk to lying, essentially. Or there's no risk to telling the truth, right? You just have to hope they don't right, ask okay, the right, right question. And even if they right. do, like, tell them the truth. <laughs> It's it's basically uh it's a game that you don't have you don't have any like agency in really. Yeah. That you're completely you're completely at the mercy of the other person, I guess. Kind of, but but like beyond that, it's terrible game because we find out at the end it doesn't even matter for Octavia, right? Octavia's not risking anything here. <laughs> right. Um just because yeah okay are you saying that just because when she does lie they just chop off the they just like save her they just are like okay well you're supposed to not lose so yeah we won't let you die to this thing <laughs> right right okay let me let me say one thing first off she does say that you don't die you're just in horrible pain for the rest of your life so you go insane yeah um, okay good clarification too yeah <laughs> definitely changes everything I will say there are there's something here that I think is on Darrow and that's that Darrow didn't collect right because the winner of the game was supposed to get a like favor or was supposed to ask for anything and Darrow just like didn't maybe he's saving it right <laughs> maybe this is one of his chips he's gonna maybe cash in. that's a good point yeah 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 yeah, and now that he's in open rebellion, his it's got a lot of power. He's gonna uh, be like, "Hey, remember that game yeah. I won? <laughs> I'd love for you to bring the McRib." I've got it all back. on video. Bring that McRib back for us, please. Yeah, yeah. 
so I don't I don't know. I also think that they were a little lax in defining the rules of the game. Yes. You know? I agree 100%. Um, because, okay, I get if your question is like yes or no, or like very clearly what the answer is supposed to be. But a lot of these questions, like there's a lot of wiggle room in here where it's like, yeah. how do I know? And we get a little bit of a sense when Darrow doesn't give like all the information that the thing kind of like squeezes on his arm. So we get a little bit that it, it kind of like has a threshold of truth. But there's a lot of ways you could go. You could go with this stuff. Right. Right. Um, and I, I actually like I wonder if if they even work. And here's what's kind of tipped me off. There's a series of questions Octavia asks Darrow that seem to signal that these things don't even really work because she says, do you know who Ares is? Daryl's like, no, why are you asking? She's like, well, we think it's your master. And Daryl's like, oh shit, they know. And then she's like, is Augustus Ares? And Daryl's like, oh no. So like, why? If Darrow doesn't know who Ares is, why do you ask him if Augustus is Ares? That's a bad question. Right. That's a I waste of a question. Yeah, I I did note this because it's also like this this comes into the idea that like does it count as a lie if the person telling it believes it? You know what I mean? Because Darrow says that he doesn't know who Ares is. And then he says that Augustus is not Ares. He doesn't know that. Like well, it would be this a huge is outstanding. plot twist. This is an outstanding point. <laughs> it would be it would be a big plot twist if Augustus was Ares. And like, of course he's not. Although I don't know, we'll, we'll hold on to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he just that's that's contrary to his previous answer. I guess is my point. Right. It's not like if we find out later that Augustus is Ares, suddenly this like centipede thing is going to appear out of thin air and stab Darrow being like, oh, actually, you did lie before. You did lie. So I gotcha. No, this is a bad question. It's terrible. And so it leads me to think that Octavia doesn't even trust these things to know if anybody's telling the truth or not. It's like a different metric entirely for what these things are judging. So then the only improvement that I have to make to this to this game is that you give yourself a dummy one, right? Sure, you give Darrow the one that will stab him if his heart rate gets elevated and he, he seems like he's lying. You give yourself the one that's just like a cuddly little centipede guy and it looks really dangerous and scary, but this one's a dud. Right. This one's like rowdy, I, okay? This one is just a stuffed centipede that you put on your arm and it looks intimidating. But you can say whatever you want. <laughs> as, ooh. That's very true. Why that's a be- much better move. Because she does this anyway where she like has Fitchner cut it like save her anyway. So why not just have a fake one? They're yours. Also like you it, also it's useful to lie to be able to tell a lie. And there's a, okay, that's a very good point. Um, oof. 
she's already not playing by the rules and in nothing are they playing by the rules right we we find out in this course of lying or in this course of truth telling that they did help the balonas during the academy which is something we mentioned last episode i'll say um but yeah confirmed dan theory confirmed dan theory they definitely did help the balonas and it's like okay so you're cheating literally everywhere why is this the one where you're like no no no, i'm gonna actually take the risk on this one (laughs) very valid very valid point uh i i guess part of it is just that she mentions that like only one other person has ever gone through this game with her so i feel like she was just like didn't if we play this game you're gonna die (laughs) or like i'll have a reason to trust you completely right which was a bad move i guess it was a terrible move i don't know but i i think it has something to do with the reason that she lied at the end right if you're playing this game and you know how it works and let's assume that it that these little creatures do know every time somebody lies there's why why would you ever lie why why right and it's like a little bit of arrogance right octavia is a little bit arrogant and she thinks she can get away with it she thinks "Mm, i'm the one who's going to be able to trick these things i'm special Uh, and so like okay that's a good that's a good point because i was wondering why she even said the lie why wouldn't she just like say the the truth because it's going to come out either way right octavia thinks that she's special she's better than everyone else and maybe she can get away with it and so she's going to take that chance okay that's very it's a very gold thing to do it's a very octavia thing to do which is why i think she she uses a real one anyway right is because she's like oh i'm so Uh confident in this that i'm gonna even risk myself doing it yeah yeah okay there we go. I like it. So. But I think, so I think this confidence that Octavia displays is also a little bit present in Darrow's last question that he asks. Because, like, Darrow, why are you so specific with this question? You're like, <laughs> Octavia, did you plan to let the Bolognas assassinate the entire augustus family during the sixth course of the dinner yes or no it's like okay hold on buddy you're making a lot of assumptions here (laughs) right like it's not clue you can just you can just say where you're gonna kill them right you don't have to be like during the sixth course and i get i get it it's a badass question it shows that you're in control of everything and that you know exactly what's happening but like what if it was after the sixth course what if she was like oh yeah eighth course was and i was gonna do it nice yeah you're giving her a lot of a lot of room to like sneak in a lie exactly it's like darrow this is a little too confident here this is it worked out (laughs) tremendously for you but damn boy be a little bit smarter with your question (laughs) yeah very valid point uh classic darrow can we also talk about in this scene uh this kind of extends to to the series as a whole but some of the little hints to things are so subtle like later on darrow talks about how he realized that mustang was with him because she takes out a ring and puts it on her finger i went back and read it and it's like 
it's mentioned that she takes out a ring and like fiddles with it, but that's it. Uh huh. And uh, that's pretty neat. Well, and that's why his heart rate goes up. It's not because they're talking about Ares or that they're about to uncover him. It's that Mustang is back on his side, and that's why he gets kind of like nervous. And they think it's because they're talking about Ares and there's something to do there. And that's what the reader thinks too when we're reading it, right? Oh, no. Dara's 10 steps ahead, guys. And also really likes Mustang. Really likes Mustang. Has great control over his heart rate. Heart rate's super low. Um, All of that. All of that we learn. So that's good. Um, I also want to talk about just... What exactly is the government system here? Because, like, we hear about the Senate and things like that, and how she, her title is, like, sovereign, but it it doesn't... It seems like a weird system. Like, it seems like just a monarchy. You know what I mean? Because, like, she kind of makes all the decisions and does all of these things and plans uh, all of these, I don't know people like taking over different areas through some kind of diplomatic means. But it seems like if you like disagree with one of these things, the only option is open rebellion. You know what I mean? Yes. Or just like weird political moves rather than like, no one's putting things to a vote, you know? Well, they, they have a, okay, hold on first, Luke, they can't put things to a vote. Come on. What are you? A Democrat? Oh, are you true. a fucking Dang Democrat, <laughs> Luke? I forgot. But they have a Senate. I, know. I, don't, I have no idea how the Senate works. You're right. I don't know how any of that works. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe they do vote in the Senate for stuff. But, but yeah, we, we don't have really any idea of how this government works, aside from the fact that Octavia seems to command like all of the troops that are the government troops. Um, and... I'm I'm assuming that the Senate does a lot more of the like boring stuff because Roke mentions that his like mom has been stealing the stipends for organizations, uh, I think for the Reds actually, or somebody. Anyway, they're like, I think they distribute like wealth throughout the, the society and like keep industry happening. But but I don't know how that exactly works. Like, I don't know. Because if they're voting, that's like kind of wrong, right? They shouldn't be. <laughs> I I guess it the democ- democracy part comes into play if they're like, if the people are voting on who's the senator. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it doesn't, maybe it's not democracy once you get rid of that component of it. I don't know. But I, the the point being that it seems like the only recourse people have if they disagree is just to rebel. Yes. I mean, other than just, other than just like little, little sneaky moves. Right. Done here and there. Like, like our guy Pliny does. Pliny? Pliny? Oh, I go Pliny. Pliny. I do too. Okay. Um, I think you're right. Maybe that's why we why we hear so many about. I was so gonna say that's why there have been so many freaking rebellions. It sounds like there's a rebellion every and, like and ten years. Yeah, and that's probably like by design, I guess. I can't, I think it kind of fits with them. Like, you want people to be tested by rebellions so 
the leader is always the most capable, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's like survival of the fittest for a government, right? You want other governments, like other rebellions, uprisings to challenge the current government in order to ensure that that current government is the most powerful one, right? Sure. That makes sense from a weird fucked up gold evolution perspective. Yeah, definitely. But also, billions of people are dying. So maybe we could figure <laughs> out a better way of of, fig- of solving these problems. No, no, Dan, not at all. Um, I, okay, I, I have... It is, it is incredibly funny how resigned all of these golds seem to be, though. Like, yeah, this is the system, and it's the best one. Even the, like, kind of enlightened golds, like, Lorne is kind of like, yeah, man, this society, it's just the way it's got to be. It's like, guys, come on now. We, we can do a little better than this, right? If you have a year, it's like a, you're trying to be a Democrat or something. Ridiculous. It's like the, uh, this is the, uh, what's the word? This is like McCarthyism for democracy. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. You know? <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on. I have, I have a lot of, of notes that are not super deep, so I'm going to move through them relatively quickly, maybe interspersed with some more deeper ones from you. Um, first thing I want to say. This this quote that compares Ao and Mustang that Dara says is if Ao smelled of rust and soil, then the golden girl is fire and autumn leaves. That's a tough hit on Ao. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Ao smelled like <laughs> dirty old metal, and Mustang smells like fire and autumn and marshmallows and pumpkins and hay rides. Um yeah, Ao's not looking great in this comparison. It seems rude, but I don't know. Maybe maybe in a in a red Darrow way, it's kind of a compliment. Yeah, I feel like in a Darrow way, it's definitely like a compliment. You know, it's like it's like what Darrow aspires to be, but also yeah, like yeah. the pretty rude guy. <laughs> um. Also, the we talked about. Fitchner making an entrance last episode. Our boy Severo, Fitchner's son, doesn't fall far from the tree, makes a great entrance here. He like the- flies in in a thunderstorm and he even has a cape, right? He's got a wolf pelt as a cape that's blowing in the wind. A little parallel there. Mm-hmm. Except like he brings the like kid of the sovereign as a gift. So like the note uh, the note I have for this is you know the meme where it's like the dude and the girlfriend and he's looking at the other girl it's just that mm-hmm. but the girl that's next to him is Fitchner's entrance and Severo is the girl that he's like turning his head to look at cuz like Severo's <laughs> entrance was so much cooler I thought than Fitchner's entrance Yeah the I think the the play with the lightning the, was yeah. was key here absolutely key yep it was perfect it was so good and we just freaking love severo so much like severo's way cooler oh, yeah than fitchner like hands down oh for sure yeah <laughs> mm. um one more small thing is the some of the interactions with the grandson 
Lysander is how I'm pr- pronouncing it. Uh, I love how starstruck he is. He's got like posters like, of Darrow on his wall. Yeah. <laughs> and I think uh, they see tact, they save everyone and Tactus comes out and Lysander's like, oh my gosh, that's Tactus. He's taller than I thought. It's like, my guy, you spend every day with like an Olympic knight and the sovereign. What are you doing? It's just, I mean, Luke, we talked about it in our Red Rising series. This is the kind of person that's following the drama. This is the person that has the posters on the wall of the different of the different people. And, you know, he's like into the lore of of this like weird thing. He's got to be so hype. Do you think he's pissed when Tactus is like, come on, we're getting out of here? I would think so. He's got to be a little pissed about it. Like, I get that he's a very, like, calculating kid and he's been trained to be, like, very logical about everything. But he's also in love with Darrow and his crew. Like, he is the biggest fanboy of all time so far. So he's got to be like, oh, Mm -hmm. I wish I could just stay and hang out with all these guys a little longer. And Tactus is like, I'm trying to get paid, dude. Come on. Yeah, that's that's tough. That's tough. I imagine that he, at least part of him, wanted to stay. Mm-hmm. Just to be part of it, you know? Another thing, another, another cool, another cool Darrow moment here. When everything's going south, right? Everything's looking Which bad. Time? And he comes up uh the when right after Tactus leaves with Okay. Lysander. Yes. And everyone's like, okay, we're about to die. Everyone die with dignity or whatever. <laughs> and he comes up with this plan to launch himself at the big ship. And he says, like, everyone looks at, like, turns to look at him, not because they're surprised, but because they were waiting to look at him. Chills. Yeah. Very good. Uh, but how come nobody has any other ideas ever? Like... <laughs> This is insane to me how incompetent all of these golds are that like whenever they're in a sort of difficult situation, the best idea is like, well, we could run or we could die. <laughs> it's like, okay, we've got two options, run or die. Two options. Anybody else? The like the like professors like looking around the class, like anybody anybody else got another option? Okay, I'll wait a little bit. Yeah, this is hands up. Nope, no hands <laughs> this up. This is something I was gonna bring up. This is something I was going to bring up later where I'm trying to figure out if Nero, the arch governor, is like really good at his job or not, because it seems like he's just listening to people's advice and not coming up with any ideas and just like picking one. Sounds like any kind of government official, Luke. (laughs) And also, he's just... He he trusts plenty here, a little bit, a little bit too much. We'll say, uh, this was like, it it was such a huge mistake that it's, it it leads me to question him a little bit here. You know, I mean, Nero has been shown to be, apparently super capable, right? We we get the story from Lorne about how he like was the only member of his house and somehow rose to arch governor through some like crazy means. And then, um, and then he, he 
gives so much power to Pliny, who we don't know why he trusts so much. And like, unsurprisingly, Pliny turns around and betrays him. This is like, this is like if in book four, Snape had just like killed everyone after Dumbledore was like, you guys got to trust me on Snape. Uh, Spoilers, Luke, first of all. But, (laughs) but also, I totally agree with you. Like, I'm wondering why Nero is in the place that he is when 90% of his job is knowing who to trust. 90% of his job is being like, these advisors around me, I know are going to give me the best advice and aren't going to turn on me no matter what. Like, they're going to die before they turn on me. And he goes with Pliny, who even Darrow knows is, like, the worst. Darrow's like, yeah, Pliny is in for himself for sure. And, like, it seems like everybody else knows that, too. But Nero's like, I like this Pliny guy. (laughs) It's totally a Dumbledore-Snape situation. Yeah, but there's no way Pliny's Pliny is making a comeback. Oh, oh no, 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 I agree. That's that's why I'm questioning mm-hmm. Nero so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's earned the like. Yeah, I feel like his his leadership is definitely undermined here because it relies entirely on other people giving him good ideas and him choosing the right one, and he chose very wrong in a pretty big way. And. The only person giving him ideas, aside from Darrow, is Pliny. What's the point? <laughs> what is the point of these other golds that you have as a part of your council if they're all just going to be like, yeah, I think Pliny's is the only option. <laughs> Pliny's really smart. I like him. And if you know, if you know that all of them, except for like two, are beholden to Pliny, what are you doing having them in there? Cut this meeting down a few people. <laughs> maybe let's... This is an email meeting, maybe, and not an in-person meeting. <laughs> maybe we could do a few more Zoom sessions. Have some breakout rooms, okay? Let's reorganize this shit, because clearly it's not working, right? And, like, okay, I think this has to do partly with this plot that we're getting where Darrow... And Mustang are talking about the realization that golds are just as tied to their role as everybody else's. And like the golds are super limited in what they do because they don't want to like offend anybody. And we've seen this throughout the books, right? Where Darrow takes this leadership position and all the other golds will just like go along with whatever he's saying. And, um, it's like I think it's a kind of a similar phenomenon here where the golds who Nero's trying to get advice from have all just like found one leader that they're going to go with no matter what they say and they're not producing any of their own like ideas or or things like that because of this like rigid power structure where the leader could just destroy them right where the leader will just like demolish them if they go against them so everybody's kind of like sheep in their own way um and like darrow it has so far been representing like an alternative to that right where darrow how he organized his army and how he's now like trying to bring other colors into it is like giving an alternative to that where it allows people to have some autonomy but like the golds i think are super tied into this like authoritarian leadership and that's why Nobody has an idea but Darrow and Pliny. And it's like, 
oh man, if I was Nero, I'd just be pissed at everybody else. I'd be like, why are you staring at me? Tell me something. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, it's, the, it's, it's his own fault though, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, he chose these people. <laughs> this is the fault of the leadership up 100 this, this, yeah okay i i agree with you that there's a little there's a little thesis dan dan could have written well mustang already did so i'm not going to take the credit for that one. Oh, speaking of speaking of these people that we're we're kind of surrounding ourselves with though we we love how darrow collects allies don't we so we get we get this blue that Darrow has as the captain of his fleet now. And we've got this pink that Darrow has as his personal like attendant. And we've got just the biggest boy that Darrow has with him now. <laughs> Can, before we before we talk about this, Darrow always has just the biggest, beefiest boy around him, like at all times. <laughs> so far in these stories, it's been Darrow upgrading beefy boys that he's had with him. Yes. Yes, that's like, true. Like like Pax was OG big beefy boy. Um and now we're we're moving up to this stained. Yeah, I think Ragnar is his name. <laughs> Ragnar. <laughs> Classic Ragnar. Uh yeah, we've got we've got big old Ragnar. Um I let's Okay, you were making a point, so, yeah, yeah. so go so ahead I with just, your point. But I have a, I have another point. We question. just love how Darrow like brings people together who are like kind of weird and a little bit out there, but he's like able to get him as his allies because he's like, you know what? I like your style. Come on. You're with me now. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, wait, me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Several being being another prime example. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This Darrow's like picking gold yeah. nuggets out of the stream when everybody else is like sandblasting the mountainside looking for any bits of gold they can find. And Darrow's just like, oh, this look is- right here. Nuggets. <laughs> This is, we talked about this. This is Darrow playing Moneyball. 100%. He's great at it. <laughs> He's so good at it. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, oh. Picking the underdogs that are, that are, that are undervalued, you know? Right, right. <laughs> let me, let me come back to our, to our boy Ragnar. Mm, we need to. Um, and first, very intense very intense intro from Ragnar. Um, but I also have a... I, I don't know if they were introduced fully, but I don't quite understand what Stained are. Do you? I want to say in Red Rising, there was like a little bit about them, but I don't have a super clear understanding. Like what I... From what I understand, they're like the best obsidians you can get. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, I'm not sure what makes him special. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Like they're like top-notch obsidians. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's more to that. If there is more to that, uh, and you're listening to this, let us know. Um, yeah, more that we would I'm, already know. I, because if it's explained later, we'll we'll get there. Let us get there. But right. if we've forgotten something from Red Rising where they explain what a stained is, definitely hit us up in the comments uh, with with what that is. Yeah, yeah. We, we okay. We didn't mention it early. This would be a good time to tell us to tell to tell ways that people can contact us, uh, right in the middle of the episode. So, uh, you can tweet at us at DC at a BC. Um, you can email us 
dcbc at don'tcalledabookclub.com. We also make Reddit posts every week. We have our subreddit, our Don't Call It A Book Club, that we make posts on. We're also going to be making posts on the Red Rising subreddit. Um, So keep an eye out for those. If you you have comments, check out those posts and send us some comments. Yeah, we've also got a Facebook page Um, if you want to find us there. Uh, and if you're if you're over the age of thirty, because apparently that's that's the only people who use Facebook anymore. I do, but you know, no judgments here. Anyway, okay, back to the obsidians though. So you mentioned the stained, which I think are fascinating, but we're learning more about obsidians in this book, and we're kind of understanding their culture. I'm fascinated by it. I really want to mm-hmm. learn more about the obsidian culture because it sounds really interesting and we're getting little hints of interesting kind of like lore about them and how their society is is ordered and it sounds very cool. In like a okay, I should say it sounds very cool but not like good. Obviously like they're <laughs> they're slaves, they're war slaves, but it sounds like they've got a very cool culture. Mhm. Mm-hmm. except for one part yeah like it's yeah you go well I, I was just gonna say like it's it's norse culture but with i guess a few twists that, that we want to explore more it sounds very epic it sounds very yeah it just sounds like a very cool warrior culture there's one problem i have with it though and i imagine that the obsidians kind of hate it so they the golds gave them three kinds of touch, right? They gave them spring touch if they're trying to get a little frisky. They gave them summer touch if they're trying to help their friend out. And they gave them winter touch if they needed to kill somebody. Okay, hold on. Hold on now. You chose to name the touches after the seasons, of which there are four, but you only gave me three touches. What's the autumn touch? Ooh. Is that carving pumpkins? <laughs> we can carve pumpkins together? Could be. Could be. Maybe. Well, okay, here's what you're you're assuming something though, Dan. You're assuming that there's three seasons uh, that there's four seasons where they live. No, they live on the poles of the planets. There are no seasons. <laughs> maybe they maybe this is what they did they did that and then they were like ah shit there are four seasons tell them there are only three tell them there are only three <laughs> yeah but then somebody's so like the obsidians think that there's no such thing as fall or autumn so you're telling me an obsidian hasn't ever experienced a pumpkin spice latte on a chilly brisk day i know it sucks right it's terrible <laughs> autumn is the most fashionable time of the year they're missing out on the whole thing Plaid does not do well in obsidian culture. I'll say that. No, it's yeah. <laughs> one of one of the bigger drawbacks of being an obsidian. Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess. Maybe. No pumpkin spice. No plaid. All of that stuff. Tough. If you've got some ideas for what the obsidians are missing out in their fall season, be sure to tweet at us. Uh, use the hashtag <laughs> Autumn Touch. Oh. Yeah. We've already got it. We need to know what the autumn touch is. I just need to know. 
<laughs> um, you know what else we've we've got to figure out? And this is something that I don't really have theories for, but it's wild that we haven't really theorized about it yet. Yeah. Is like, we haven't talked about much on who Ares is. Ooh, we haven't. And we get an incredible moment in this section with Ares, right? Where, oh, okay. Yeah, that scene is so good for many reasons. First off, we find out that Ares is like, hey, Darrow, you're totally cool. I'm still with you. Harmony is crazy. We're dealing with that. Don't worry. <laughs> the second cool thing, Dancer is still alive and sounds like very proud mm-hmm. of Darrow. Dancer's like, Darrow, you're crushing it. Uh, Just like, trust this kid. He's cool. And the kid that they're telling us to trust is the greatest person of all time, Severo. Like... That scene just like warmed my heart so much that Darrow, like Severo yeah. and Darrow just tied together so much more strongly now that Severo's like the one who knows Darrow's thing. And he's like, yeah, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it, Darrow. We're buds. And and we finally get to see some big, some big Darrow emotion. Yeah. Well, like it makes sense. He's been hiding this from literally everybody for years. And his best friend of all time, Severo, is like, hey, man, I know. And it's cool. Oh, come on. Touching. <laughs> so nice. Very, very touching. So nice. It um, got me. Big fans of it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, <laughs> Severo, again, MVP. Abs- I-, I mean, I think the voting's already Back- over for this book. It's, it's done. Don't even <laughs> don't even nominate anybody else. Severo MVP again. Two time champion. Back to back MVPs for Severo. Um, but okay, okay. Let's let's. I again, I don't really have theories on who Ares is, but it's it's got to be. A, it's it's surprising that we haven't talked about it before. Do you, do you have any thoughts on who Ares is? I feel like he's got to be. I don't think he's a red. Okay, Ares for sure isn't a red right for a while i wasn't thinking aries is a real person like i was thinking it's just this idea i had that's not true anymore mm-hmm. i'm not buying that mm-hmm. i i still think it's a gold we we mentioned this last in our last series we did on red rising that i i think it's a gold because it's somebody that's got a lot of resources kind of knows how things are working and is able to like function on like another level almost like i feel like if aries was a red harmony's plan would probably be what happens because that's what the reds know as like how to get back at the golds but i feel like aries has a lot of insider knowledge like darrow does yeah i was gonna say too much insider knowledge for him to be just a red so i'm gonna say aries is either a gold and i'm like i I want to say Lorne, but I don't think Lorne, right? For a while, I was thinking it was Lorne, the Rage Knight. I don't think it's Lorne, but it's definitely a gold. Probably one in like a, probably one we know. Or it's an alien. Ooh, here we go. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Ares is for sure an alien. Ares is probably an alien. Um, <laughs> because... We've got this advanced civilization 
who's conquered the solar system, yet there's no hint of aliens yet? Come on. Yeah. Wild. But, but Wild. Think- we, just, we just heard from Mustang that they for sure exist. Right. And Ares seems to be this, like, com- mysterious figure. Nobody knows if it's a man or a woman or what his face looks or what their face looks like. Maybe they're hiding a big bulbous green head under there. Maybe it's an alien. Could be. Or or maybe just like that's Aries is what the aliens look like, you know? Oh, the aliens have big helmets on. <laughs> that's just how they're born. That's how they're born. It's a t- it's a tough job for the for the mothers. Um, but definitely uh alien is is our top option right now i said it as a joke but i'm leaning nero you know i could i think it's nero i could see it because he does play the long game right we know that he plays the long game for sure he was he's it's it's weird that he hasn't gone harder at the sons of aries yet right we hear that a couple times Mm -hmm. um he was he was the lone survivor of his family's demise and for the first however many years of his life was like hiding his real intentions so he's pretty good at that kind of thing you know ooh yeah that's got mad potential actually could be nero it's it's out there could also be there. an alien though I feel better about the alien. Could be an alien. So let's keep that in our back pocket. If if we do, if it is an alien, I'm going to say this is a called, like we called it. Okay. But if it's not an alien, maybe it's not Aries. Hmm. So we're right whether or not we're right. Got to cover our Pretty bases. Much. Smart. That's how we, that's how we do it. Um, Speaking of something that's completely absurd but we're going to just go with it. Pax bites off two of Kvax's fingers as a bit, as like a child. And we just, we just go with it. Kvax. Yeah. Yeah. What's your, what's your point? How? Uh, so many questions. <laughs> First off, how? Like what you're sticking your fingers in its mouth. First of all, that's a little weird. Second, they have the bite strength at the age you stick your fingers in their mouth to bite your fingers off. Either this baby, either this baby has a jaw that can bite through an iron rod, or you're sticking your fingers in the mouth of a 15-year-old boy. <laughs> Kvax, what? <laughs> Secondly, Jackal doesn't get a new hand because he's like, I'm kind of a badass, so I choose to not get a new hand. Kvax, why do you need to be missing two fingers because your dumbass kid bit them off when he was a child? I it's okay. I get, I buy this one though because I think it's a pride thing. Oh, you're saying like, like <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Like he's proud of his son for having this jaw strength. You know what I mean. <laughs> You're saying everybody It's like it's like having a bumper sticker on your car that's like my son can bench press 500 pounds but for biting fingers off. My son bit the fingers off your kids honor or your honor student. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's what it is for sure. But like, definitely what it is. Yeah, like he bit off two of your feet. What the fuck are you doing, Kavax? <laughs> you need some milk wherever you grow up. I think. I think that might be the issue. Maybe, maybe this is why he's sweat. So, so he feeds his fox jelly beans a lot. Maybe he used to feed his kids jelly beans, and he was like, "Not anymore." <laughs> Lose one finger, shame on you. Lose two fingers, shame on me. Now we're switching to the fox with the jelly beans. Exactly. That's that's it. Because you sure. know he didn't lose both at once. Like he lost one, and then he was like, "Ooh, maybe if I'm just a little quicker this time, I could get it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. It was a game. It was a game. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go to another things, another small thing, and that's a a Victra and Darrow interaction. Mm-hmm. They where Darrow has this cool idea to do the little reintroduction thing, reset the relationship. He's like, "Hey, my name's Darrow. Uh, I like strawberries." And then Victra comes back with her her cute personal thing, and it blows Darrow's out of the water. You know? Remind us of that, Luke. Victor likes the way stone smells before rain. Way better than yours, Darrow. Incredible. Way better. Step it up. Get a better, unique, personal thing. I like strawberries. That's weak. It's so... You could have said that whack shit about Ao before. You could have been like, I love the smell of rust and dirt. Or like, I like the Mm -hmm. feel of dirt on my back. That's fine. Great. That's weird, but also kind of unique and endearing. But like saying you like strawberries, pretty basic. That's a pretty basic move, Darrow. And if I'm if I'm Victra, I'm gonna be like, mm, actually, I don't think I'm into you anymore. That's seriously that's pretty basic, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, I also like strawberries, but that's not telling me anything about you. Terrible. You 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 just got dominated in this uh, vulnerable game by the like super mean girl get it together yeah but luke darrow just like can't reveal any of himself because if he does that then they'll all know that he's a red hiding as a gold so he has to be so generic in his personality that's true otherwise they'll know they'll be like oh you like rusty things get out of here you red hold on a minute what color are strawberries (laughs) i found you out darrow that's how that's how Darrow's going down. His love of strawberries is tearing him down. Uh, th- you heard it here first. Uh, another small detail that I love a lot. I, I love a lot of these small details in this book, but one of them that really stood out to me was that the Howlers listen to dubstep. Did you pick up on this? Mm. So when the mm-hmm. Howlers are doing mm-hmm. their thing, they're blasting dubstep as they're flying around with their shoes, and it fits so perfectly for me. Mustang said that, and I was like, yeah, for sure they do. Like, these are the people putting together Call of mm-hmm. Duty montages, but it's their kill streaks that they're actively on. Right. Yeah, you got you got to think so. Um, and because Mustang's over here with, like, Beethoven. I, I don't I don't appreciate the fact that we're skipping from Beethoven to dubstep. You know what I mean? Like, who likes the stuff in the middle? Where's my bluegrass? 
my bluegrass stands. Um, where where are you at? Plenty? Oh, does Plenty? No, Plenty's into pop country, dude. Plenty's a Tim McGraw. Oh, that's man. true. <laughs> Plenty's for sure a Tim McGraw man. Um, this okay. This would be a good game. I don't. I don't have. I don't have it set up right now. But figuring out what kind of music all of our characters Ooh, like. Yes. Okay. I think let's hold that game until until a little later. Let's hold on to that. We'll hold on to that. Uh, listeners, keep keep that in mind. Come up with come up with your thoughts on on what kind of music people would like, and and we'll we'll talk about it later. Let me talk about this something with this little scene with Darrow and um, Mustang, where they get some food. They get. They I get knew little, I knew you were going to talk about snacks. the food. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually okay. <laughs> I didn't write down the food thing. But the food sounds great. Um, <laughs> let's, I'm not going to talk right, about the food. Fair enough. I know I always do. I'm not going to this time. The one thing that I want to say about this is that, is it bad that the line that she does about Jackal makes me like him more? And that line is, he is the monster they don't know how to write stories about. That's intense. I love that line. I'm into jackal jackal's the bad boy that i want to like <laughs> jackal's the baddest boy is jackal aries oh i would love jackal to be aries he's a little young how long has aries been doing his thing i i don't know actually is mustang I feel aries. Like jackal would have to be well it would i would love it if the jackal was aries but uh Here's, we'll see. here's what I'm feeling. I'm skeptical. Here, okay, okay, okay. Here's what I'm feeling for either Jackal or Mustang being Ares. I'm getting a lot of parallels with Ender's game, where Ender goes off, does his thing on the spaceship, but his his kid, like his siblings, are back on Earth manipulating events there to their will. And Ender is a part of this like genius family, right? Mustang tells tells darrow me and my brother are literally the smartest people of all time i've never met anybody smarter than me or my brother which okay nice brag first of all (laughs) but let's assume she's not lying let's assume she's like yeah i'm way smarter than literally everybody jackal is like the smartest person around then right so I get a lot of parallels. I'm just saying there's a lot of parallels mm-hmm. between Ender's Game and how the geniuses in Ender's Game kind of created this figure for them to rule the world, essentially. Ooh. Okay. Let's let's cut, let's 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 keep this. I like this actually. Now that you say it, uh, well, we're not sure how long Ares has been doing his thing. That's that's the one that's the one drawback here. Um, but I will say, I mean, maybe they were like really smart kids, like like Ender, like you mentioned. Um, let's say that they're both Aries, you know? Oh, yes. Okay. I love this. Although uh, I don't, I don't feel good about Mustang being Aries, to be honest with you. What? <laughs> there's too many. There's too much like. Uh, 
weird things about her and Darrow that make me not think that she knows. <laughs> but I, I like I, I like Jackal being Ares a lot. Yeah, I mean, you could explain it by the fact that Mustang and Cassius, like I'm sure Cassius was super in love with Mustang at the time because she was just like manipulating him to get what she wants. I mean, she could be doing mm-hmm. the same thing with Darrow. It's just Darrow's like a bit of a tougher nut to crack. <laughs> okay. But but I think we keep an eye on it. I, I like that we've we, we've opened the floodgates on our on our Ares. Yeah, Ares <laughs> is either Nero, Nero's kids, or an alien. That's that's what we've got so far. Killing it. Um that's that's all I've got so far. Okay, I've got a couple a couple more. Um one, there's there's a few characters in this like the tele pax's parents pax's family whatever uh i don't know how to pronounce their last name the the pax squad and lorne and probably some others are just taken straight out of uh the north in game of thrones you know what yeah. i mean like a lot of these little a lot of these little round table uh uh, war scheme scenes are just taking me back to 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 Game of Thrones days. Um, yeah, to Rob Stark I, sitting I with lo- uh, uh, who was the the Car Starks? I think like uh, Car Starks, maybe Umber. I think um, that whole squad, and I and I'm into it because it's like it's like very fantasy combined with sci-fi, so that's cool. Um, yeah, I also really like that. It was definitely taking me back to to the north from Game of Thrones with these big burly boys, these big beefy boys wanting to just go fight stuff, but also being like honorable. And I just, I love it. I love a beefy boy wanting to break <laughs> something for the right reasons. Kind of. <laughs> that's that's what we're all about here. Uh, one thing that that I'm not all about, and I don't want to see, but I know is coming. So keep it out of the book, Pierce. <laughs> I I know there's going to be some tough scenes where with with Roke and Darrow ahead. I know it's coming. Yeah, there's a reckoning. And I just I'm so I'm so worried about it. I'm so stressed. I don't want to be there for that part. Um, well, because but I know it's we coming. We saw what happened with Cassius. I don't want another Cassius situation, right? Where it's like it's not really Darrow's fault. It's kind of Darrow's fault. But it's not really Darrow's fault. But he gets blamed for it and loses like his best friend because they're pissed. Terrible. I don't want that. Get it out of here. (laughs) Not looking for it. And then the last thing that I have is just how tragic the Tactus story is. Just just brutal. Uh, I don't know how to feel about him. Because, like, on the one hand, not a great guy, not a not a phenomenal person, but just has a very tragic story, and I don't know where I stand. Yeah, I Tactus getting killed at the end bummed me out a lot because I was so excited for a redemption arc, and mm-hmm. I'm a little peeved at Roke for not telling Darrow sooner that the guy kept the kept the violin. Oh like, yeah. 
you tell Darrow that the gift you gave to your friend, he didn't just sell. Like, you'd for sure tell him that because that, like, changes his whole perspective on Tactus. Like, it changed my whole perspective on Tactus because I was like, oh, he's trying. Like, he's really trying. Oh, no. So sad. Terrible. I I will say... uh. Tactus was supposed to was like was like practicing in secret so that he could surprise Dara with this little with this oh that's little a good point concert that he that's was that's a good get. point um so so I can I can kind of get why Rogue wouldn't tell him but also like Tactus betrayed you guys. you can tell him after that I I get I don't know but we, point is we were looking for a redemption arc uh we felt great about that redemption arc and you know what you know what? Uh, Tactus isn't dead. Let's say Tactus is still alive. <laughs> that's our, that's our, that's our closing theory. <laughs> Tactus is still alive. Uh, he's been cloned, and he's chilling with the aliens who are leading the sons of Ares. Absolutely. Um, I feel really good about that. Um, ooh, I just, I just remembered a theory before we close for today. Luke, what are the odds that Pax's family has a little obsidian in them? Because we learned mm. from Mustang that, first off, we learned that the colors are like genetically incompatible, which is wild. They had to get carvers to allow them to like make a baby between an obsidian and a gold. But you can do it. And every time they're talking to these big giant boys they're comparing them to obsidians all the time so like just because one gold got caught having a baby with an obsidian how many more golds got away with it Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna say probably obsidian in that in that family i'm gonna say there's some obsidian in there for sure this is making them beefcakes There's, there's no doubt in my mind about that one. Mm. Good. Okay. Glad we solved that. Um, yeah. That's, uh, man, I, I'm like excited, Luke, to finish this book, but I know, I know as soon as I get done with it in four hours, I'm going to want to read the next one. So, I mean, we'll, we'll hold off. We'll hold off for the show, guys, because that's our commitment to you all and uh we'll be back next week with a bunch of hot takes on the end of this book it's still acting like dumb nerds